Welcome to the Scalable Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we discuss the most scalable strategies, tools, and approaches to successfully invest in real estate. Learn how to make the most impact of your time, automate your real estate investing business, find off-market deals with minimum time invested, and leverage your capital to create as many income streams as possible so that you can achieve true financial independence. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Mason Clement. Hi, Scalable Investors. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to tell you about a group that I'm a part of called HiveMind. If you're serious about taking the next step in your real estate investing career, then this is definitely a group that you need to join. Some of our members are making $90,000 or more per month and as much as $300,000 on just one deal. And at the same time, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars like you typically would joining other mastermind groups. This is only $99 per month. And when you join, you'll gain access to a robust integrated CRM software that allows you to track your leads, run automated triggers, and ultimately scale your marketing efforts. So the difference here is that you're not left high and dry, but gain access to a support network that allows you to use that tool and learn from other more experienced real estate investors. So to learn more, go to scalablerei.com slash hivemind. That's H-I-V-E-M-I-N-D. Thanks a lot. Let's get into the episode. Hi, Scalable Investors. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Scalable Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Mason Clement. And today we have with us Trevor Oldham, who is the founder of podcastingu.com, which is a platform that can help you raise capital if you're raising money for a syndication, as well as develop your personal brand by being a guest on other podcasts. So really happy to have Trevor on to dig into things. And let's just get into it now. How's it going, Trevor? I'm doing good, Mason. Thank you. And excited to speak to you today and, and your audience as well. Perfect. Well, um, if in case people aren't familiar with you and your background, why don't we just get into that first? Like what made you want to start podcasting you and how did you discover that was a need? Sure. So the story starts back in 2015. I was running another company at that time. And with that company, I had my own podcast. And with that podcast, I was interviewing entrepreneurs and, and just people that were successful really wasn't into the real estate niche. I potentially had invested or interviewed a couple of people that were in real estate, but again, not a big focus. And with that company, I kind of felt burnt out after two years for some reasons. And I decided to just take a step on the sidelines and started freelancing. In freelancing, I was editing people's podcasts, writing blog posts, it was skills that I had learned from that company. And one day I saw a real estate turnkey inv- investor based out of Los Angeles. She wanted to get booked on podcasts. And I thought to myself, well, I've booked guests for my show. How hard could that be to get her booked on shows? Started working with her, started getting her booked on shows. And then really over the course of the next six months to a year, I was working in helping people to get booked on podcasts in a lot of different niches in the health and wellness, business space, political space. And and about a year later, I realized that I really enjoyed the real estate investing space. One, you know, I could see the impact it was making. Two, typical people in the real estate investing space can invest in a service. They're not necessarily looking for everything to be cheap. And then three, you know, I think it, it really just provides the greatest return for someone where if someone's in a real estate and they're raising money, they can meet one potential partner and they can make, you know, a good amount of money off it. Whereas if you're in the health and wellness space and all you have is a book and you need to sell 5,000 copies of a book or a thousand copies of a book, it's going to be a little bit harder being a podcast guest and trying to do that unless you're on some of the like the top shows that are out there, which are super competitive to get on. But as a real estate investor, it's a little bit easier to see um, a good return on your money. Okay. And if I wanted to speak on like Joe Rogan or some other like huge podcast, 
um, would I normally have to pay to be a guest on those or how does that work? Yep. So you do, you do not. So for like Joe Rogan show, we haven't had a client on, but I know that they have a website on Joe's site where you can submit a podcast guest. It doesn't look like you have to pay anything like the bigger pockets podcast. You don't have to pay anything. You just have to get selected as a guest, but there are shows, I believe like entrepreneur on fire, which is a podcast. I believe John Lee Dumas, the host charges, I want to say it was 4,500 to be a guest. I know there's a real estate show out there. I believe the host is Robert Leonard. I believe that's his name. I believe he charges a couple hundred dollars to be a guest, but probably 99.9% of the podcasts do not charge a fee, even a lot of the top ones. Again, there are those outliers of the shows I mentioned that, that do charge for you to be a guest on them. Okay. Interesting. So how does your process work when you do your first onboarding with a client and just run the whole process? What does that process look like? Yep. So we always find out who's your target audience, who you're looking to speak to, because we work with people all over the real estate niche. So we worked with um, you know, 1031 tax professionals. We worked with people that are mobile home park investors, self-storage, multifamily, fix and flip, turnkey. So, you know, there's a lot of different niches in the real estate space. So first and foremost, we want to find out who you're looking to talk to, what sort of is your story. And then from there, we'll go out and we'll find podcasts that align with the story. So if it's a multifamily individual, we'll find multifamily podcasts that we think that they'd be a great fit for. On the back end, we'll create a pitch and a one sheet on that pitch. It's basically, it's going to be very brief, anywhere from four to six sentences where you go into your bio a little bit, but not too much. You also want to be cognizant of the host. So I always recommend like in the first part of your pitch, letting the host know that you listen to their podcast, um, you listen to a specific episode. Also in the pitch, leaving a five-star review for that host. And then in the one sheet, it's, this is more like your resume. You can go into more questions. It can be, you know, you can go more into your full bio. You can go into questions you'd like hosts ask you. And that little, you know, the pitch are you typically sending out four to six sentences at the most. In the one sheet, this is where you can go more in depth. Once you have the pitch one sheet put together, and the shows that you want to target, then that's where, you know, yourself, if you're doing it, or our company would go through. And then we would just start reaching out to these hosts to get you booked and, and get your interview scheduled for you. Okay. So you're basically adding a lot of value in terms of doing all the legwork and finding these podcasts and you're preparing the material to send over to market your clients. Yep, correct. So like I always say, anyone can go out there and get themselves booked on podcasts. The thing is, is it's going to take a lot of time. And that's like, we're just really, we're in the business of, you know, one, helping to build your brand and help you to raise more money. But in essence, it's us just saving you time. Because I mean, again, you could go out there and you could do it yourself, but I don't think you want to go out there, you know, writing your pitch and sifting through shows and, and figuring out how to contact and follow up and that sort of thing. So we really, you know, we're in, almost in the business of saving people time from, from themselves having to go out there and do it. Okay, got it. And um, I did briefly look at your website and there is some various packages. Could you go into that a little bit more and how that works? Sure. So we have three podcast packages. So we have a 20 show, 10 show, and then a one show package. So basically what a client would do, they would come to us if they want to get booked on 20 shows, 10 shows or one show. That's what we would work with them as. We charged a full price upfront. We found that to be a little bit better. At one point we did have like a monthly payment plan, but we ran into the issue where a client would pay the first month, the second month, they would be a little bit longer than third month. It was kind of like trying to track them down. So we have to change our pricing. So depending on the podcast package, we would just work you in typically like a 10 shows, probably about a two to three month period, 20 shows, about a three to five month period. Definitely just like what the person's looking for. 
typically we find if someone wants to do podcasting, about one podcast per week is what we find most people want to do, sometimes two per week. Anything just to have like an ongoing marketing effort through these podcast interviews is, is what we typically find most people like to do. Okay. So if they're not raising capital, what are some other things that real estate investors are using this strategy for? Yep. We find that building connections. So being going out there, meeting network hosts or meeting podcast hosts themselves and being able to network with them, um, being able to take that content and put it out there on their social media. And they're able to take like an interview like we're doing today and take it and I can pass it to my team and they'll splice it up when they interview live, put it out there on social media. And then two, it also helps to give you more credibility for, let's say, when you want to go raise money for your real estate deals, if all of a sudden you have a section on your website that says podcasts or features or media, something along those lines, someone can come to your website and they can click and then you can say, oh, this guy's been on five to 10 podcasts. You know, it seems like legit. I've listened to an episode of his. I feel more comfortable where it's nice having the bio on your website, but I feel like if you have a podcast on your website, it can go into a little bit more depth and someone might be able to relate to you a little bit better again, because they're able to hear you and hear you talk instead of you just sort of the words that you put out there on your site. Okay. Yeah. And I could definitely see it building trust with potential investors. It's like someone else is already kind of pre-vetting you for them, right? Mm-hmm, correct. Okay. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Um, But say I'm just kind of early in my real estate investing career and I, I feel like I don't have a track record or much to talk about like in terms of war stories. Like when is the right time to start jumping on other people's podcasts and talking about things and building my brand? I would say definitely you want to have a couple of deals under your belt. And then also, you you know, you probably want to be an investor probably at least two years, you know, typically five years or more. So the reason behind this is that when podcast hosts are looking to have guests on, they want to make sure that they have experience. So let's say if you've just begun your journey, you're, you're six months in, you only have a fourplex under your belt or, you know, a 10 year, you know, something that's that's small. It's going to be harder to talk about on on the show for a long period of time. But Think about if you if you have ten deals under your belt, you've been investing for five years. Now you're going to have some stories to share, and that's where the podcast hosts are going to find a lot of value in it. So I typically would recommend someone you know you want to not be like a seasoned investor. You don't have to be ten or twenty years, but you do want to be you know where you'd feel comfortable going on these shows, talking about the deals that you put in place. Where you know if you again if you only have one deal, haven't been invested that long, it's probably not going to be a good fit for you. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You don't want to put the horse before the carriage and jump the gun, all that. So um, say I, I, I've reached that point where at least I'm a semi-seasoned investor. Um, how often, like say I, I just go full throttle, I do like the 20 shows, but should I do that again later? Or is that just kind of like a one-time deal and I'm good, I'm set? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so I definitely say it's part of the ongoing marketing strategy. So you wouldn't want to just do like, let's say 20 podcasts in a four month period, and then you don't do any more forever. And, and you think that's going to help you where, yes, it, it's probably going to generate bus- some money for your business, but you want to, again, do it as part of your ongoing marketing strategy where you just want to be consistent by going about one to two shows per week. And it doesn't sound like much, but when you're going on 50 podcast interviews per year, year after year after year, you know, it's going to add up over time. And the more that I feel as though people see your name on podcasts, the more credibility it's going to give you the more recognizable you're going to become so again i would definitely recommend someone just continuing to do it you know again once per week twice per week as an ongoing marketing strategy pretty much um as long as they're in business okay yeah otherwise i could just 
kind of picture a spike in traffic mm -hmm. if you have your, your website, yeah, and then it might kind of die down, especially like on a tangential point, I've heard about businesses going on Shark Tank and they get flooded with orders and then kind of things die down again. So mm -hmm. yep, exactly. <laughs> similar. Yeah. All right. Um, so I know that podcasting has been one media that's been like really growing and growing, but you know, like most things, it can't just grow forever. So what do you see like, over the next five or 10 years, the trajectory for podcasts? Yep, I think the the way that podcasts are going, you know, people are still going to come out with them. But I think the biggest thing, the ones that are going to survive in the industry, and I think there's going to be a lot of good ones out there, are the people, the podcast hosts themselves that are putting out consistent quality content, doing great interviews. And that sort of thing is as a podcast host, you could imagine that a lot of people want to start a podcast, but when it comes down to doing the work within the show, it's going to take a little bit more time to do it. So again, if you're consistent and you might not see results as a podcast host until you're six months, 12 months into doing interviews or if you're doing a solo show. So it's again, it's about being consistent, putting out great quality content. And I think you're going to be able to stand out. And I think that's really what's going to happen in the next couple of years is there's probably not going to be as many podcasts that are out there, but the ones that are, are going to be very high quality. Because I think Rick, right now, again, there's a lot of people that want to go out there. They want to start a podcast and they don't realize how much work it is that goes into it, how you have to be consistent. And that sort of thing. So again, I think it, there's going to be fewer podcasts starting, but the ones that are out there are going to be great quality content because again, they'll have been around for a few years. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And other people, I guess, will just have it just kind of go by the wayside. Um, I know there's like other channels though, like other platforms like Clubhouse is, is also gaining a lot of traction. So I guess you could include this within that, but what are some other really powerful channels besides podcasting that you see could make sense to add to the repertoire and toolkit? Yeah, so definitely, you know, as you mentioned in Clubhouse, that's something that I just, just started using myself. And I can see pretty much any entrepreneur that I follow on social media, they're all recommending the join Clubhouse. And obviously, if these powerful investors, entrepreneurs are recommending Clubhouse, you know, that's something that you should probably join. And it's a pretty cool medium if anyone hasn't signed up I'd, I'd recommend doing so i believe when i did i had to get an invite um from a colleague of mine and that's how i was able to get in i'm not sure if they changed it now but you have like clubhouse is one i think you have like tiktok as well it's it's funny you go in there sometimes you'll see like real estate investors on there they'll go through like a DIY diy house where you know they're showing exactly how they do everything and that's another medium as well and i think classic you know it's just youtube i think people go to youtube they'll they want to know like how to raise money and it's a little bit easier to consume than a blog article or again, you know, most podcasts today are on video. So we could take, you know, Mason, you could take the interview today. You could go out there and you could put it up on YouTube for everyone to check out. I think that's another medium and that's, you know, that's been around for a while, but I definitely think between clubhouse and TikTok, those are going to be some additional avenues where, where people can get some more exposure for their brands that they probably aren't currently doing so. Okay. What about like Facebook and Instagram? That part of things. Yeah, I think, I think it's tough between Facebook and Instagram. One, I think Instagram is good. I think the only problem you run into with Instagram is I feel like people don't go on there as much to click over to your website. They're more like there to like to scroll on an image where you can promote like projects that you're doing. And then Facebook, I think is good as well, but I think there's also some issues there when it comes to like search, like you can have your, like, let's say you have a lot of Facebook likes on your page and then you do something wrong and your account gets suspended. I think that that could easily happen on Facebook. So 
I would definitely, you know, recommend probably Clubhouse, TikTok more than I would Instagram and Facebook. And I think people are starting to stray away a little bit from Facebook. But again, probably the biggest thing to any investor out there is building up their mailing list. Because again, the mailing list is not something that someone can take from you. Like if you had a Facebook page and you accidentally violated the rules and all of a sudden you get taken down, you know, and, and just something that you mistakenly did. And now it takes a month to get it back. That's bad. Whereas if you have an email list, as long as you're just being, you know, fine with it, um, you know, not being spammy, that sort of thing, not adding people you shouldn't be adding. That's almost like a list that you own, it's traffic that you own, you can promote to them at any time. So I think again, you know, an email list probably probably more than any social media is, is super value in, in building. Okay. And what are some of the best ways you think there are to build an email list? I know there's a, a variety of them, but from your perspective. Yeah, so you definitely want to use a lead magnet, a squeeze squeeze page, anything along those lines. So I use a tool called Lead Pages. With lead pages, you can design nice landing pages. And with these landing pages, you basically would be sending potential real estate investors that you'd like to have invest with you too. And you can put up like a free webinar, how to get started. You could put like a, an ebook, a checklist, a guide, anything along those lines. So you can send them directly to that squeeze page where they're only, the really the only thing you want them doing on there is signing up for your email list to get the free item, whatever that may be. If, if you're just sending someone to the direct homepage of your website, it's probably not gonna be as valuable because the person's like on your website, like what do I do from here? Where if you send them to the squeeze page, they only have one real option, which is to sign up for whatever you have to offer. And then once they're in your email list, I typically recommend setting up an automated funnel, typically about five to seven days. So like what I mean by this is when someone's in your email list, you have a setup, you have automatic emails going out to them for like the first five or seven, five, six, seven days that they're in, where you go in, you give them the free product, you introduce yourself, you talk a little bit about what you do, just so that person can get to know you a little bit better. Then once they're through that nice five to seven day funnel, then you just send them a newsletter once a week, send them a blog article, you know, anything along those lines to just make sure that they're always hearing from you. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've seen a real estate investor client of ours, they go on an interview. And, the, and someone hears them, they, they like what they have to say, but they're not really ready to invest with them. They'll sign up on their email list. The client will continue to market to them, say over a two month period, the client, the, the person has gotten to know the client a little bit better. They trust them a little bit more because again, they've been hearing through them via their email, then now they're ready to invest in them. And that relationship is built up over a two or, or three month period. Okay. Or we're on, on the flip side. If you don't constantly send your email list, they might forget about you. And correct. <laughs> and then when you're ready to actually have a deal that for them to invest in, then it may not work out as well. Mm-hmm, correct. Huh. All right. Yeah. Um, another thing that you didn't mention that I, I don't know if it's in maybe it's still in beta version, but I've heard of YouTube shorts still trying to grab my, wrap my arms around that one, but I think they're trying to compete with TikTok and other platforms like that. Are you, are you familiar with that at all? I have, I have not. That That's the, uh, yeah, the first person that I've heard that from. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube shorts. Um, I, I'm actually still trying to learn how to access it, but I think it's <laughs> similar content. It's just a YouTube video, but a much shorter duration. So mm. yeah. Something to look into. Um, okay. Well, I, I think that this is has been really helpful in hitting all the major points. Uh, do you think we missed out um, anything else that like any major point that you think someone should keep in mind? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I like to mention is when someone is first wanting to go out there and do podcast interviews, let's say if they're going out there and getting them booked on shows themselves and they don't 
they don't necessarily want to go for the biggest shows that are out there. I typically recommend starting with smaller shows and you can use a tool called Listen Notes. That's how our company researches shows. And with Listen Notes, you can do a two-day free trial, $16. And with the free trial, you can use, um, you can search by the number of episodes produced by a podcast. So you could do like one to 10 episodes produced by podcasts in the real estate investing space or multifamily investing space, commercial real estate space, that sort of thing. And then you can go on, click over to iTunes, make sure they're interviewing guests. And then with list notes, you can get the contact information. You can sort of go out there and start reaching out to these hosts about being a guest on their show because it's it's probably going to take about five to 10 episodes for you to get comfortable with your story, figure out what you're going to say. And then once you're on those five to 10 smaller shows, then that's where I recommend you know going out to more of those brand name shows, those shows have been that have been out a little bit longer because you don't want to go on these bigger shows first and foremost if you've never been on an interview because again it's probably not going to be that good where some of these smaller shows were just starting off it's, it's probably going to be a little bit easier for you to develop your story for some of the larger shows that are out there okay uh, one thing i also forgot to ask previously when we were talking about the um just the the number of like high quality podcasts lasting um from your experience, is there like a magic number for like a number of episodes a podcast should have before they really gain traction and have solid footing? Yep. I typically say about 50. <clears throat> and the reason I say that is that podcast has been out for about a year now and people know that it's being consistent in typically by 50 podcasts, people know that they're serious in the podcasting space where if it's a show that has three or four or 10 episodes out, you know, people may not know that show is going to be around a long time, but when they see 50 episodes, I think people are more apt to listen to it. You've probably built up a, a little bit of a following. It doesn't have to be like a thousand or 2000 listeners or beyond per show. But at that point, you're probably starting to develop a little bit following. And, and again, I think it's about 50 episodes is, is really what you need to see to, to start gaining some good traction. Okay. Yeah. One thing too, I've heard is posting on a regular schedule, which I've, I, I was doing personally on mine, but had uh, some personal situations and had to I'm trying to get back on it, but mm -hmm. had to postpone some there. But is that something you've heard and like once per week, for example? Yep, yep, yep. Typically, I would say like once per week, try to put it out at the same time per week. If you could like use like a tool like Libsyn to schedule your podcasts going out, if you have a, if you use a tool like that, just scheduling your podcast out on a, again, on a weekly basis where you can go up, you can upload it a week prior, a day prior, however you may be. And you can set that to go at the same time, say like Wednesdays at, at 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or Friday mornings at 8 a.m. Like, you know, whatever, whatever your schedule may be, just being consistent when you're producing those episodes. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of funny studies some psychology behind that, like Tuesdays and Saturdays at 8 a.m. are like the mm -hmm. best open rate times. Have you heard stuff like that? I have. I have. <laughs> okay. Are those also the, the same days you've heard, Tuesday and Saturday? I believe that they are. Okay. Cool. Yeah, there's also... Um, like optimal times to do cold calls if you're into cold calling and stuff like that. So all sorts of interesting aspects of the you know, crunching the data, finding those insights, but okay. This is all good, good stuff. Um, I think the last question, if someone wants to get in touch with you or just learn more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. It's then go to podcastingyou.com slash real estate investors, or they can feel free to reach out to me directly via my email, trevor at podcastingyou.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions they have. Okay, perfect. Well, this has definitely been insightful. Thanks again for taking the time to jump on and really enjoyed it.
Most certainly. I appreciate it. All right. That's another episode of Scalable Real Estate Investing. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe on whatever channel you're using to listen or watch these episodes. And also be sure to go to scalablerealestateinvesting.com, scroll to the bottom and fill out the form to sign up for our email. And you could also reach me directly at mason at scalablerealestateinvesting.com. That's M-A-S-O-N at scalablerealestateinvesting.com. If you'd like to get in touch with me to either partner on deals or even be considered to do your own episode on this podcast. Thanks again and have a great day.